Spencer Speaks Sports, Monday, here with, of course, Spencer Swoboda, and um, yeah, football-heavy episode, likely, um, that's what we're probably going to get until the NFL uh, season is over here, but uh, but yeah, had eight more bowl games that happened this past weekend, um, and then obviously a big week 17 for the NFL, determining where the playoff positions um set in the fall um and yeah it was uh very very interesting um and i guess i'll start with uh, the college football bowl games that were happening uh i think on let's see it was new year's day so friday uh kicked off with georgia and cincinnati the ninth and eighth ranked teams in the nation and i think this is a proving ground game for cincinnati here they um, wanted to show that they could compete with a Power 5 team in Georgia and be the group of five team to kind of give credibility, kind of like what uh, Central Florida did three years ago when they played Auburn and won in the Peach Bowl. Um, but Georgia was able to win with a 24-21 to 21 victory, and Cincinnati had, they were up. They were up 21-10. to 10, um, they had the ability to actually pull away and, and hold on to the to the lead there, but uh yeah, they just did they just didn't do it. Um they recover they recovered a fumble from Georgia after scoring a touchdown early in the uh, third quarter there, and they just kept punting the ball. They actually had a fumble and Georgia scored a touchdown right after to make it a five point game. Um Let's see what else happened here. Another punt led to a field goal from Georgia, got it within two, and then just some more punts, unable to get anything going on offense, and then eventually uh, time just, uh, there. yeah, there was too much time on the clock, and Georgia took advantage there. Um, I think a big thing uh, in the game was JT Daniels, Georgia's quarterback had almost 400 passing yards. Um, Cincinnati was unable to stop that. And yeah, so Georgia, um, finishes the season strong, gets a peach bowl victory. And there you have it with that, uh, Northwestern beat Auburn pretty easily in the, in the citrus bowl there. Not nothing too surprising. Um, Northwestern's defense has always been solid uh, this season and Auburn only scored 19 points and Northwestern was able to take advantage of what their defense did and score 35 points there for the win. So there was that for the Citrus Bowl. Um, I'll move to Sunday, not Sunday, Saturday quickly. Uh, there was four more bowl games. Um, yeah, Kentucky and Ole Miss, two SEC schools that uh, pulled off some upsets. Uh, Kentucky over North Carolina State, ranked 23rd. And then Ole Miss over Indiana, who was ranked 11th. Um, a little surprised by Indiana, though they don't have uh, their main QB. Uh, he went out with an injury. Uh, Penix Jr. is his last name. Uh, he had went out. And, um, yeah, so they were relying on their backup quarterback, um, drawing a blank on his name at the moment here um uh come on dig deep corral i think uh kind of like golden corral i guess is the best way to whatever but uh anyway yeah so he uh he was um oh no that's that's old mrs uh that's old mrs quarterback what the hell am i doing tuttle there we go tuttle for indiana um Still a decent quarterback, but not what Penix was for Indiana earlier in the season. Um, 
granted he got him to a good bowl game, I guess, in the Outback Bowl, a decent bowl game. But, uh, yeah, I think Indiana lost some credibility once they lost uh, Penix there. And there you have that. So um, there was bigger bowl games uh, besides those two on Saturday. You had the Fiesta Bowl between Oregon and um, Iowa State. So 25th and 10th ranked, respectively. And I expected Iowa State to to win this game. They're definitely the better team. Um, Oregon got very lucky to be in that spot, considering they weren't even supposed to be in their conference championship game that they won in the Pac-12, to where uh, USC, it was supposed to be USC and Washington, and then Washington's out of that game, and then Oregon comes in the game, and uh, yeah, takes advantage, wins it, and gets a Fiesta Bowl spot, but they weren't able to take advantage any further, and Iowa State dominates um, a... Uh, a player that I thought would have a big impact would be uh, Brees Hall, and he definitely did. He had 34 carries, 136 on the ground, and two touchdowns. Um, definitely set the tone for Iowa State, and they uh, controlled uh, the game, and it definitely helped that they had four turnovers um, against the uh, Oregon there. Um, so, yeah, a pretty straightforward victory by 17 points there. And then um, this game was actually uh, – pretty interesting because of the amount of offense in the game. Uh, Texas A&M, the first team out uh, from the college football playoff. They were playing 13th ranked North Carolina, 141 to 27 there. And um, yeah, it was just uh, an unbelievable performance by, um, I think his name is Acne, I'm or Akhang, uh, I, I, I'm <laughs> the pronunciation is getting to me here, but uh he, yeah, he's, I think I believe he's a freshman running back, and he had 140 yards and two touchdowns, um, including a 76-yard uh, touchdown to close out the game there at, towards the end. And, uh, yeah, I just North Carolina's defense couldn't stop much. Um, it was, yeah, it was just, uh, and I think they just had too many errors as well from, from Sam Howell, the quarterback there. Um, some costly... Uh, costly uh turnover on downs um towards the end of the game there to where they could have um you know maybe made it a little bit closer but i mean that's that's really about it there and yeah so uh credit to texas a&m they i mean kind of held serve i guess is the best way to say it i mean they, they should have won this game uh, and they they proved why they should have been at the uh, at the five spot. And yeah, their their rushing yards, 225 rushing yards as a team, uh, had definitely uh, helped them there. And then the two big, very important games uh, for teams to have a chance to play in the national title game. This was back on New Year's Day Friday here. Um, Alabama and Notre Dame play each other, the 1-4 matchup, and then Clemson and Ohio State played after that, the 2-3. Um, I I mean, Notre Dame kind of proves uh, the point I'm trying to make of how this game wasn't going to be really competitive at all. Um, it was 31-14. to It was 31-7 to um, before a late-game touchdown by Notre Dame. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't see Alabama um, – having any issues with Notre Dame, really, uh, just because they're so high-powered on offense with Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devonta Smith there. Um, 
And yeah, Notre Dame's just not clutch in the big time bowl games. I think there was a, a, a stat frequently floating around floating around this weekend um, regarding them playing in national championship or like New Year's Six bowl games, and they're Owen. Owen uh, six, Owen seven since the year two thousand, and there's other. If you just look at recent like significant games, I guess, um, not necessarily on New Year's Day, they're still like Owen five or whatever. Um, so yeah, so Notre Dame um, is good at getting to this point, but once they once they face those big opponents, say like uh, Alabama or a Clemson, that's when they really struggle, and that's what happened there. Um, Najee Harris, the running back, had an unbelievable hurdle for Alabama uh, <laughs> that made all the highlight reels, and uh, yeah, they just uh, they just definitely played uh, better than Notre Dame for sure. Um, when you hold uh, quarterback Ian Book there of Notre Dame to 229 and an interception, uh, that's a pretty good day uh, for the uh, for the Alabama defense there, and yeah, they gave up. 139 on the ground but it didn't really didn't really matter at that point they were already ahead um the second game was a little bit more significant uh with clemson and ohio state ohio state dominated this game on offense um in fact it uh justin fields outshined trevor lawrence and these are pretty much the top two quarterbacks uh, you could maybe say zach wilson from byu is in the mix there but, uh, yeah, Justin Fields outshined Trevor Lawrence, and Lawrence is supposed to go ahead of Fields in the draft. It's still likely that that will be the case. But anyway, Fields had 385 uh, passing yards, six touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Lawrence still had a de- decent game with 400 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But, yeah, Fields just absolutely um, shined, um, as well as Trey Sermon, the Ohio State running back had 193 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chris Olave, their wide receiver, had 132 yards and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, just yeah, there was no way it seemed like the, the Clemson defense was stopping Ohio State. Um, especially, I mean, Ohio State had 639 total yards, just ridiculous. Uh, Clemson only had 44 yards on the ground. That does not help. Um, yeah, Ohio State controlled the time of possession. Uh, just, uh, yeah, they're just more efficient on offense. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm just trying to see here the, the the runs that they went on. I think Ohio State went on a 28 to nothing run at a certain point in the game. Uh, so that's just that's just crazy. And yeah, Clemson just had no no answers really nothing they they just couldn't find a way to climb back in and match what ohio state was doing and so now you have alabama and ohio state coming up on january 11th here and uh i would assume alabama is that would be my pick um considering i have two heisman candidates on the same team there and zach and uh, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, and granted you still have Fields, but man, Alabama is—it seems this year Alabama is always a different beast. But I can get into it more as it gets a little bit closer, obviously. But um, yeah, so with that being said, of Lawrence and Fields uh, transitioning into the 
NFL Week 17 there. And, of course, the Jaguars have uh, clinched that number one spot as of last week. And the Jets are sitting at number two. And, um, yeah, that game made things um, a little intriguing of how I think Jets fans want to go with the uh, the pick there at number two overall. Um, I think they like Fields a little bit better now. I know a week or two ago after Fields had his, it was, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was kind of, um, I guess maybe a satisfactory performance in, in the big 10 conference championship game against Northwestern there. And then Zach Wilson of BYU had a, had a really good game in his bowl game against, uh, I don't even know who, I can't remember who they played. Um, Oh, who was it? Oh, uh, Central Florida there. Zach Wilson had a really good game. And uh, now it's kind of changed back to fields there. I think he solidified himself as probably the second best quarterback. Though Zach Wilson's still in the mix, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the Jets, it's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, people's uh, feelings on things are going to change as everything goes here it could fields uh, status could go down after the championship game against Alabama you never know but uh, for now uh, the Jets it seems like they'll be happy if they take fields at number two there just based on what they saw um, and then Lawrence would still go to Jacksonville and all that but uh, I still think if you're from a val- evaluation standpoint you still got to look at Trevor uh, Lawrence as the uh, the better quarterback there. I mean, heck, he still had 400 passing yards um, in the game uh, against Ohio State. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I'm still yeah I'm still more confident in Lawrence just based on his entire um, uh, resume that he's put up in his college career and just a little bit more consistent I think than Justin Fields. Though Justin Fields, I mean, he had some crazy uh deep ball throws in that game against Clemson. Um just absolute uh what they call dimes, I guess is the best way to to put it. Um not really sure why they call it dimes. I mean, I I feel like that's may not be the I don't know, just say like perfect throw or something or or super accurate, but uh anyway, um so yeah, so that's the situation there. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I'll move into the actual playoff picture now and, and kind of what happened to set everything up here. And, um, but yeah, on Friday here, I was, um, saying that it would likely be, or at least I thought it would be, you know, you would have Kansas city at the bye cause they already clinched that. Of course, um, Buffalo would keep the two seed Pitt would then be at the three seed, um, I thought Tennessee would win and keep the four seed there. Baltimore would win and move up. Uh, Cleveland would win and I believe move up a spot. And then Indianapolis would win and move back into the playoff mix. Therefore, kicking Miami out because Miami would have lost to Buffalo. And all that happened. Um, I think it was, um, I was expecting, I guess I was expecting it to kind of be anticlimactic. Or, or I guess predictable, but it was still enter- an entertaining path to get there uh, for those teams. I think there was a certain point in the one o'clock games, I th- probably 
early to mid third quarter range around. And you had um, Miami go and score a touchdown on their first drive in the third quarter. So they're down 15 against Buffalo. So you have that there. And then Buffalo, who's uh, I was looking to rest uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, their two star players at quarterback and wide receiver. And they did that. So you're kind of thinking like, okay, maybe Miami has a chance to try to win this game and, and get the, uh, and get in the playoffs there. And at the same time, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers there who are looking to get maybe up into the two seed miraculously, even though they're resting, um, some good starters, uh, including Ben Roethlisberger, their quarterback, but Pittsburgh was only down one to Cleveland at the time of that touchdown and and people finding out that the Bills were resting Josh Allen at that point. Um, so there was a glimmer of maybe uh, maybe things getting interesting, I guess, uh, or excitement um, yeah, increasing, but uh, it went away very quickly because so the Bills, their first drive without Josh Allen in there, they had Mark... Um, Matt Barkley at quarterback, they punt the ball away. Um, they got nothing going. And so the Dolphins have the ball. I'm like, okay, maybe they get it within one score here. We'll see what happens. And then like two plays later, uh, Tua Tungavailoa throws a pick six. And it just went completely downhill. And so instead of things getting better when, say, Josh Allen and Diggs and whoever else ended up going out of the game at that point, um, yeah, so instead of it getting better, it got worse. Uh, Buffalo dominated, uh, what was it, like 56 to 26 in that game. So they definitely uh, deserve and solidify their spot in the two seed. Um, a big threat to Kansas City if they get there to face them. Um, heck, who knows if Kansas City runs into a buzzsaw in like Tennessee or Baltimore with the way their running games are. Um, you never know. But um so yeah, so Buffalo locked in there. Miami was in big trouble and they ended up being out of the playoffs. And then so yeah, Cleveland, they ended up holding on to the win um against Pittsburgh there with Mason Rudolph in there. Um so yeah, Cleveland's in the playoffs for the first time since 02 and it's for me, I think that's a little bit of a danger zone because Pittsburgh I know they're they're resting their guys, so they'll be they'll be ready to go next week because they're playing Cleveland again. But that's it gets dangerous, um, especially when you play a team three times. And uh, Pittsburgh played the Browns earlier in the season, and uh, they won pretty handily there. Uh, and then obviously in Week 17, it just happened. Cleveland won this game. But yeah, I mean you're you let Cleveland into the playoffs. You better take. Um, <laughs> take care of this game here or else it, it may be a, a regret of not uh of not uh, trying to win the game there in week 17 and knocking out the browns um then but uh but yeah so that should be a really good game i think that's one of the closer games when it comes to like point spread with uh, vegas so um that should be uh yeah so we'll see what happens there um and then the at the four o'clock window, it was interesting with the Titans and the Colts because the the AFC South division was still up for grabs. 
and uh, the Titans had a super close game against the Texans, uh, just like the first time they played each other this season. Uh, it took overtime and uh, Derrick Henry rushing touchdown uh, to propel them and get them the victory. And uh, yeah, Derrick Henry had another big game. He, I think he had a better rushing game than, than he did even last time when he had 210 rushing yards, something crazy like that. I believe he had 250 this game. Um, just ridiculous. Two touchdowns, I believe. Um, he eclipsed 2,000 yards on the entire season rushing. He's only like the eighth player to do that. I think that's fifth all time for a single season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, so Derrick Henry just absolutely dominated, um, allowed, yeah, gave the Titans a chance to win and, uh, a crazy, uh, field goal game winning field goal there at the end of the game, uh, with, uh, they, Steven Guskowski, their main kickers on IR, but injured reserve right now. And, uh, so it was Sloman who's like a rookie kicker. Um, I forget wh- what school he's out of, but, uh, yeah. So he, uh, kicks it and then hits the upright, goes in, they still win, but uh, I think it had the Titans sideline there pretty nervous um, because if he had missed that, then uh, or if it bounced the wrong way off the post, then they would have had to overtime against Houston and a capable Deshaun Watson, even though the team's not great. Deshaun Watson is still a pretty good uh, quarterback there regardless, uh, but they avoided that and they got the four seed and the AFC South title, which means the Colts who are playing the Jaguars. Jaguars being 1-15, um, not much of a threat, but the Jaguars' one win was against the Colts. Uh, it got to 20-14 to 14 at a point after the Indianapolis was up 20 to nothing, I believe. Um, and they, uh, they shut it down real quick with the help of Jonathan Taylor, who he had like a 250-yard game. So it was him and... Uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry there, the two AFC South running backs uh, giving helping their teams to victory in a playoff spot. And um, but yeah, the the Colts ended up winning by like 14 there. And uh, so yeah, so they were able to get that final spot. Though that was interesting too, because say the Titans lose that game against the Texans, you have Tennessee now at the three spot heading the Buffalo. Um, instead of having a home game against Baltimore. Uh, but yeah, Indianapolis, uh, you know, they, they did their best, but Tennessee still won. So things went to uh, where Indianapolis is now going to be going to Buffalo, um, which was kind of expected there. So yeah, so these matchups are, um, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, real interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to it on both Saturday and Sunday, the triple headers there with the new wild card format, how the one seed only gets the buy in each conference. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward and look, yeah, look forward to, um, previewing that. Um, but, uh, let's see who else that I want to mention. Oh, well just, I'll elaborate a little bit more on the dolphins here and, just say that even though they missed the playoffs, which is unfortunate, uh, they still have are in yeah they're in good a good spot to have get good first round talent. 
with the third overall pick because the Texans traded Miami, uh, Laramie Tunsil, or did the Dolphins trade Laramie Tunsil to the Texans? How does that work out? Yeah, they're okay. Okay, that's so. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins traded Laramie Tunsil to the Texans. The Texans gave the Dolphins uh, a first-round pick, and because the Texans have played so poorly this season, the Dolphins now have the third overall pick in this year's draft for being a team that's just outside the playoffs. So they had the third and now the 18th overall um, selections in next year's draft. So that's good for the Dolphins. That's the best scenario you could probably get for missing the playoffs. So um, they should be looking to bulk up with their talent again. Um, And hopefully that, or, I mean, I, I guess I'm not hoping because I'm a Patriots fan, but for them, organizationally wise that yeah they'll be hoping for uh <laughs> to get some good picks out of that um the nfc had its own i guess a uh, little less crazy um but still like there was some big implications there the the packers played the bears in chicago there and um they needed to win to seal up that number one overall seed and they did they won pretty handily um chicago was uh, sitting at, yeah, at the seventh seed at the start of the day there before the game. And um, thankfully for them, the Cardinals were playing the Rams and the Cardinals were the eighth seed in the playoffs while the Rams were the sixth seed and the Rams were able to win. This was a battle of the backup quarterbacks because uh, Jared Goff had thumb surgery because he fractured his thumb last week when they were playing the Seahawks and Kyler Murray had a right ankle issue. He was like in and out of the game. Um, so they had uh, Chris, I believe it's Chris Shrevler, Chris Shrevler, um in the game for, uh, yeah, for the Cardinals and uh, for the Rams there, their backup Wolford. Yep. So Wolford, uh, the Rams, uh, backup quarterback there, he did enough to get them a win. It was an ugly 18 to seven game, but the Rams defense played really well there. And yeah, so the Rams retained the sixth spot. Um, the Cardinals weren't able to get the win and surpass the bears there. Uh, so the bears hang on to the seven spot and, uh, the saints also won, even though they didn't have their, I guess, four top running backs, uh, because of, uh, COVID, but uh, yeah, so the Saints beat the Panthers there, 33 to seven. They retained the two spot. The Steelers, had, not the Steelers. Wow, the Seahawks had a had a battle with the 49ers there, um, to where they won late in the game. They nothing could have happened there if if the Packers and Saints won that. So they just held on to the three seed, um, and then. The five seed was Tampa Bay. Uh, the Saints had already wrapped up the NFC South. So the best Tom Brady and the Bucks could do was, yeah, the five. And they would play the winner of the NFC East, which was to be determined. Probably the most interesting thing uh, or playoff implication scenario, whatever you want to call it, of the day to where the Cowboys and Giants played each other at one o'clock. And the winner of that would have a still be, well, yeah, would still be alive, um, depending on how Washington did against the Eagles Sunday night. And the Giants 
held, uh, yeah, hold on to win against the Cowboys, 23-19. to So they're hoping that the Eagles can beat Washington because the Giants had the tiebreaker over Washington if both of those teams are at 6-10. Uh, and 10. And the Eagles, um, a lot of people are complaining about this. A lot of people are calling tanking on the Eagles um, because they were down, let's say, yeah, it was 17-14. to 14, And Jalen Hurts, uh, who has replaced Carson Wentz now as the Eagles quarterback, he actually got replaced by the technical third-string quarterback because for some reason Carson Wentz was a healthy scratch in this week 17 game against Washington. But anyway, um, Nate Sudfeld comes in and uh, does nothing, really just doesn't do anything and makes things worse for the Eagles offense. And um, so, yeah, but Washington ends up winning the game 20 to 14, but it's, and when you're down three, you have Jalen Hurts, who's a mobile quarterback, is able to create time more than, say, Nate Sudfeld is, who's less mobile and, and has way less speed than Jalen Hurts. And um, so, I, I mean, honestly, like, I don't care how bad Hurts was passing the ball. I think he only had uh, seven completions on 20 attempts, uh, 70 yards and an interception but he also had two rushing touchdowns. So that's what that's what was keeping the Eagles in the game there. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like with his legs, that would have it would have opened up maybe some opportunities and more opportunities than Sudfeld. Um, and I just I I'm critical of Doug Peterson, the head coach, of why the heck he would do that. Um, I mean, maybe to see what you had in Sudfeld, but there's what's the point? Um, Hurts would be your guy. You just drafted him. It wouldn't be Sudfeld. Um, I, I don't know if he was hoping for some like Nick Foles lookalike in Sudfeld. I have no no clue. Um, yeah, and it just like it to me, it just makes things worse. Uh, if you're Jalen Hurts, you're like, where is your trust right now? with the team obviously Carson Wentz's trust is out the window there's there's reports that their relationship well Wentz and Peterson's relationship is completely fractured and broken um that could be an exaggeration from agents or whatever it may be but uh but still if that's being reported that's an issue and um yeah it's just uh it was just a a mind-boggling thing um but anyway you got to hand it to Washington for uh, being able to hang in there in the game and, and, and just in the season in general, considering Ron Rivera, who uh, was dealing with cancer earlier in the season, he's now in remission. Um, Alex Smith, com- definitely the comeback player of the year, no doubt, because two seasons ago he had fractured his his leg like a, a gruesome fracture to where you had um his life was on the line at a certain point um thinking that you may have to amputate the leg like because of the infection and whatever it may be and uh just just brutal and he's out here and getting a team to a the playoffs granted i mean seven and nine is not the best record um one of the few teams in nfl history to make the playoff with a losing record um but but still, and then if you're if you're a Giants fan who's like just mad about the Eagles, if it's if you want to call it tanking or whatever it may be by putting Sudfeld in instead of Hurts, um, then 
Giants should have probably won more than six games on the season um, to give themselves a better shot, not to be, you know, having to win your sixth game on the last Sunday, week 17, and have to rely on a team who only has four wins on the season um, to try to beat uh, uh, Washington there to, to to get you into the division. Um, just n- not a good place to be in. Um, you got to, you know, take care of yourself first. Uh and that way you don't have to rely on others. So, um, so yeah, so that's all the cr- the craziness that happened in the NFC East. And so you have Washington now at the four. And even though they have a terrible record compared to the other playoff teams, they still have that week, uh, the wild card weekend home game there against Tampa Bay. Um, if they win that game, then that's all because of their defense. But, uh, but yeah, so. And then the Rams, I said they were the 60. They're going to play Seattle. Um, so they've played each other because they're divisional opponents in the NFC West. They played each other uh, twice already before. So that should be intriguing. And, um, yeah, the the Bears and Saints are playing. And one of the one of the networks is being shown on as Nickelodeon. So that's kind of funny. Um, I guess they're going to add, like, different, uh, I don't know, graphics or whatever like maybe some slime or something on on replays i guess i um so that yeah that should be i may check in a little bit and watch that but i think i may i may stick with uh, just watching it on cbs um i i don't know i guess i'll i guess i'll have to at least uh try it to see if i like it or not texas they fire coach tom herman um and it the the thing that came to mind for me is that how Texas, uh, yeah, Texas's basketball program is more um, successful and stable right now than the football program that's had a ton of history. Like, I mean, for me, in, like in my lifetime, going back to the 05 Rose Bowl with Vince Young there with the, the final minute rushing touchdown there to win the game. Um, you think of that with like Mac Brown as the coach. Uh, but yeah, now it's Shaka Smart who um, became prominent in the the coaching world and college basketball world when uh, he had some miracle runs with uh, Virginia Commonwealth in the NCAA tournament. Then he got a bigger job with Texas, and Texas is looking really good right now. They um, they just beat Kansas, who was third in the country. I believe Texas currently is around eighth in the country, and um, just dominated Kansas in their uh, home uh, court there at Allen Fieldhouse by 25 points. And yeah, it was uh, just, yeah, Texas just completely outplayed them. And they actually made it a boring game. Um, (laughs) So, but yeah, just, uh, it's just crazy to, uh, to think that Texas basketball is in a better spot than Texas football. So I just wanted to make that point. So for now, I will uh, sign off. And uh, see you guys on Wednesday.